Single, a mom, an entrepreneur, juggling it all and talking about topics while on the go. Hi, I'm Lisa Waldron, and this is Go 10 Lisa Podcast. Are you ready to listen to the best podcast that's real, inspiring, and sometimes cringe? Okay, get ready, get comfy, and go! Hi everyone, on this happened. Guys, I was at an event for my business, my candle business, um, um, last weekend, and I was right next to um, a vendor that I know, a business owner that I know, she does jewelry. Actually, there was two jewelry people, one next to me, one in back of me, you know, but they do one of the markets with me um, every week. And so the one next to me, um, she was talking to some people and then she looked over at me and she's like, and this is my friend. She's referring to me, guys. This is my friend. And we look out for each other. look out for each other. Like if she needs to go somewhere, I look, look out for her stuff and vice versa. You know what part of this whole thing I was like shocked and astonished about was the fact that she called me a friend. She is such the sweetest, nicest person. She recently got engaged and moved in to look for houses in another state um, in December. Um, so con- shout out, congratulations to her. She, um, But I was so shocked. I was like, I think the look on my face must have said, friend? I'm a friend? You know, people throw around friend or don't really mean a friend, but for her to just naturally roll off her mouth and just say, and this is my friend. She could have just said, and this is another vendor or whatever, but she said friend. And I was just like, oh, how sweet. She's so sweet. And her mother is um, also at the market with her business. And then come to find out that um, her father has this lucrative business that's been going on in different states. And I was like, wow. This is why you never judge a book by its cover. You never think a person only has what you see um, or whatever. No judgment or whatever, but I'm just making a point to say that you just don't know um, because people think that because somebody's not doing, doing their business at the farmer's market, like, oh, you know, you know, no. These are legit businesses who is at a venue trying to um, sell their products in a particular community and neighborhood, you know what I mean? Because they don't have a storefront yet um, or a store yet, you know what I mean? So nice people, nice area, but isn't that nice for somebody in this day and age to say, this is my friend. I was like, oh, just the simple things in life that make you happy. And now on to this episode. Hi, everyone. This is going to be a review of Harry and Meghan, the documentary that's on Netflix. As I've mentioned before, I am Lisa Waldron, and I think I talk about Ye and Meghan Markle the most on my podcast. So on today's talk about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, I just realized that there's so much hatred still towards them, but I want to focus more on the positive and on their six-part documentary. It's on Netflix. 
So basically, it is about Harry and Megan telling their side of the story and how it is with their family. If you're listening to this, Megan and Harry, thank you for sharing. I think it was beautifully done. I loved everything about it. I love how you had your friends come in, some surprise friends. You know, I was surprised to see, I wasn't so, so much surprised to see Serena Williams, but I was surprised to see um, Tyler Perry. But he was part of your story and part of your journey. By the way, he lives just down the road from me. And, um, you know, people around my area now are saying that they're running into him at the supermarket or wherever. And I'm like, I still haven't seen him. But it was so funny, like when he came in on the sixth um, part episode, it was just like the camera's on there and he's like smiling and it's so nice that you have friends with money like that to, to be able to help you out in your time of need, you know? And I think in life we get away from that, like to just say, hey, we're just going to help you. We don't want anything in return. Just recognize that, you know, you're in need and just help. And I I want to like get back to that. I think we all should get back to that. Like sometimes it's not so much as asking like how, why, what, when, where, you know. But um, just offering that help, and actually when somebody says yes, they want the help to fulfill it. You know, I thought that was so courageous and brave. But I actually like the story from beginning to end. I like how some of the things were inserted about a little bit of the past, you know, with Princess Diana, the queen and all of that. Um, it just, the whole documentary was so beautifully done, even down to the music at the end. I had to go and look up the last song. Even the way that you are with each other, the babies, thank you for showing your babies and giving us your side I know that you did the documentary with Oprah and I think that that was just the beginning of opening up the door but it really I mean how much can you really say in an hour how much can I really say in an hour in a podcast when there's so much going on in your life right but once again I just love the way you know I know it was done by your company Archwell Archwell if I'm saying it correctly which is also part of your website and everything. But even your friends, even them commentating, the guys, everything. I learned a little bit from watching the documentary as well, especially with the, um, not colonism, but the Commonwealth. I didn't know that the Commonwealth was actually given back into England and still there's so much poor communities still in England all over the world you know what I mean I I did know about Jamaica because I am Jamaica I didn't know about Jamaica Barbados and those other countries in the recent tours but I didn't realize that Prince Edward and Sophie were booed um, when they did their trip I know Kate and William was when they went to Jamaica 
um, that they wasn't really well accepted there. And Prince Charles, King Charles had to come and smooth over a lot of stuff. That's because a lot of the old ways of doing stuff is not needed anymore. And I'm so glad that you shone a light on all of that because as much as I had admired the royal family in a long time, in a, the, a long, long time since growing up, at the end of the day, you guys are all families. And I think why I like it so much is because it doesn't matter how much money you have, rich or poor, you're still going to have the same family issues as the rest of us. But one thing is for sure, you all, you and your husband, you and Prince Harry have confirmed what I had suspected, you know, that it was um, Prince William and King Charles. But I also get it. So what am I talking about? In the, op- in the interview with Oprah, you know, there was a, a interesting thing where Meghan mentioned somebody in had asked Prince Harry, what if the baby, it turned out to be black or something like that? What if the baby is black? And then Prince Harry said, or H as you, I kind of get why you call him H because technically his name is Henry, not Harry, but it's so interesting that you call each other H and M, (laughs) but do you boo? And, um, so Prince Harry said he's, he will never, ever reveal, you know, who said that. For him never, ever to reveal it, I think it was the grandmother. However, when other stuff came up in the Oprah interview between both Harry and Meghan, um, there was a rift between the brothers and the father. And I kind of... I always suspected that who made that comment was Prince William or the father. I've always said that. But in this documentary, I read between the lines. I got what Prince Harry said. Prince Harry said that when they made the decision to step down, you know, from, you know, their royal duties, there was only three people in the room with him. It was the queen at the time. It was King Prince Charles at the time and and his brother William but Prince Harry said it was their partners keyword partners spouses you get what I'm trying to say so in other words if you watch the crown you'd realize that who made a lot of decisions for the queen who was her right hand person that she discussed a lot of things was it was Prince Philip who does Prince Charles or King Charles talk to? It's Camilla. And who does William talk to? It is Kate. Now, there's been so many rifts between Kate and Meghan because the two wives. Now, I've always known, and you will always experience civil rivalry. rivalry. But when the wives get involved and the wives don't think that, you know, whatever, whatever. I know I'm all over the place in what I'm saying, but I hope you get, if you watch the Oprah interview and you watch the documentary, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There is a scene of the wedding that I cannot get out my head, 
but I think it plays a crucial part. When Harry and Megan were in front of the pastor, the priest, to the left of Harry was William. And William, the, the way that the angle of the camera was, William looked, in other words, he was facing more Megan and Harry's back was to him because that was his best man. So there was a scene where he looked at Megan. Megan's busy looking at Harry, but he, William looked at Megan. He was smiling and then all of a sudden, he stopped smiling and then turned his head and put his head down. That moment for me says a lot. Number one, I said it when it first happened, how Kate wasn't really paying attention to them during the wedding. Second of all, in that moment, this is what I, I alone got from that one little moment. Oh, she's definitely in our family. Oh, he's marrying the true love or person that he really, really loves. And person that he wanted to marry. I wonder, or maybe it was a look of, she looks good. Or maybe should I be having these feelings? (laughs) I'm thinking what William is possibly thinking in that moment. Because it was just a look of happy and then he was like staring and then he just put his head back down. It was like, oh. And it's like, even in the documentary, Harry said that William does a lot of things because it's duty. And even down to choosing who he wants to love. She's the perfect fit, Kate is and whatever. You know, but here it is, Harry. Harry gets to choose whichever woman he wanted to marry. And there have been many on the list, but he wanted Megan, you know, and how it came about, whirlwind, and that she is half black, which they've never had, or which they actually did technically have in their family many, many moons ago. But the bottom line is like, here it is. I kind of relate to William a little bit as far as being the oldest and as far as how people judge you and look at you because you're the oldest, whereas with the other siblings, they're just carefree and do whatever and whatever, and you're like the constant one that have to be strong and set rules and, you know, and do stuff your way, but in order. I used to be like that, guys, but as I got older... I'm kind of like a little bit reverse and just throwing things to the wind and whatever happens, happens because it's like, why not? You know what I mean? I'm not saying that it's too late. It's not too late for William to change and to be a little bit more open. I, I've said it before that they need to get rid of the whole establishment of the royal family. They're the only ones still 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 standing and doing it so flabberishly, if that's a word, meaning that there is Spain and there's everybody else who have it like on a lower level and to the point that you don't hear that much drama and stuff. And maybe there is drama, but I'm saying that when I look at the other royal families all over the world, they're living their life. You know what I mean? They're living their life still doing their duties and whatever. 
and loving who they want to love. And I see that a lot of couples are marrying people you wouldn't expect them to marry, but it's who they love. And I feel like William has a little bit of resentment. I could be wrong. These are just my observation because I, you know, um, but it also came to light in this documentary how Harry confessed that his brother was shouting at him and screaming at him when his father when they made a decision to step down. It was like, oh, you shook up our world and you're making all these things. Yeah, people are going to get upset when change is coming. And you can tell that Harry is kind of like hurt. I think Megan babies him and maybe that's what he needs, you know. Baby him in regards to she's nurturing him. But at the same time, she's a strong woman. And I think Harry needs that. Harry wants that. And Harry is strong in his own ways as well, too. And um, we all are strong. And we all have issues in our family. That's a given, right? But I think what people are questioning is whether or not it should be public. And I'm so thankful that it was Harry who spoke those critical, important, um, keystone things, key nuggets about the family rather than Megan. So therefore you knew it was what is his family and what he was feeling. And I do want to say thank you, Megan, because if you listen to my previous episodes, I had mentioned for the Oprah interview, I said the only thing I didn't like or question about the Oprah interview was that um, when Oprah asked Megan, did you Google Harry when you first heard you're going to be set up on a date with him? And she said no. And I questioned that, like, in this day and age, everybody Google. So one of the first things she mentioned, I think, in the first episode of this documentary on Netflix, is that she said, when people ask me if I Googled, I said no, because I didn't Google, but I asked them, what's their feed? I said, I got you, girl. I got you. Meaning that you're right and smart. Meaning that you asked me, did I Google? The answer was no. So that wasn't really the right answer. It was like, did you, but who would have known, right? She answered the question correctly, but technically she asked what was their Instagram feed to her friends. So I guess the thing, I guess the question should have been, did you look him up in any social media or feed, but who would have known, you know, to ask such a question. But I think that was very smart. And I, and the moment she said it, I said, thank you. Cause I felt like she listened to my podcast and she heard me say that was the only thing, but I'm glad she cleared that up for me and answered that question and clarified that question to say, I didn't Google him, but I asked him, let I asked, she asked her friend, what's his feed? What's his handle on Instagram? Because how you display, which was a learning thing for me too. Like if somebody is looking at my Instagram page, I wonder what they will think about me because all my pictures are all over the place. I have food, I have this, I have that and whatever. And, you know, it's just, it, it looks combatal and I know that and I'm trying to get better with it. But she's also teaching me 
like, hey, you just don't know who's out there looking at your stuff, right? And she said when she went on his Instagram page, she saw nothing but safari and, you know, the charitable work and stuff that he was doing. And I think that was so good because I looked at Megan's Instagram and stuff, all the stuff that she did with her take and everything before she got married. And I loved her, her stuff that she put out there as well. She even wanted, she even had me thinking I can go and do humanitarian work with the United Nations. I still can if I wanted to. I think I even looked it up at one point. So it's not too late to do anything, guys. It's not too late. And I think when you have resources like money, money's not an object, you can do a lot more of that um, as far as traveling and doing some stuff. But you still can do some of the stuff locally as well. What I got from the documentary was that people kept talking about their, I think it's in the first episode, first or second one, I want to say first one, the first part of this six-part documentary where they were criticizing Megan and saying that she was making fun of the queen when she was cursing, curtsy, because you have to curtsy, bow down before the queen, right? Or the, the top royals or whatever. So when I was watching the documentary and that part came up, they were saying, oh, look at Harry and look how he looks like embarrassed, like he should have stood up for his grandmother. Guys, I watched it and I totally got her personality. She is explaining what her experience was like. She wasn't saying anything bad about the queen or anything. She was saying, when it it was kind of funny and you have to like get Megan's kind of, I kind of like got her personality at that point. Like she likes to laugh and make jokes and whatever, but she was making joke about herself. I don't get what the, the big hoopah is or what people are digging for and looking for in a, in, in her telling her story It's her life, her story. She was basically saying that when she curtsied for the first time in front of the queen, it was all the way down. And she was demonstrating how she did it all the way down. You know why I find that funny? It's because what came into my mind was on the TV show, The Crown, which is a, the, uh, a story about the royal family. You know what I'm getting ready to say if you watch The Crown. It reminded me of... Um, Margaret Thatcher, the lady that played Margaret Thatcher, and how she curtsied in front of the queen in the crowd. It had me cracking up because I wonder if she did it in real life like that. She probably did because I think everything about the crown is 100% on. And how would we know that if it's only the queen and Margaret Thatcher alone in the room together that she curtsied like that? Somebody had to release that information or talk about it. And Margaret Thatcher was a smart woman and for two top women to be talking. And just for the fact that she purposely bowed down to her like that, I found it to be so funny in the show. And I kind of think that Margaret Thatcher probably did that on purpose for the queen, or maybe that's how she wanted to curtsy. So when Megan was telling the, the story about how she curtsied, and I'm actually bending down, curt, bending down my body as I'm saying curtsy. And as she's curtsying to the queen, she's saying, 
That's how she did it also with her hands out. I don't see what the disrespect was. The girl is like, she's telling her first time experience of how she curtsy. Because you don't know, am I doing it right? Am I doing it? Or, you know, it's like you go to China or Thailand and they have their rules and religions. And, and you know, you have to do stuff a certain way. You step into a mog, uh, a synagogue or something. There's certain ways, you know what I mean? So if somebody said, um, I am going to Oprah's house, which I hope I do one day. I'm going to Oprah's house and, and we're sitting down to eat. I don't know how Oprah wants us to eat. I know how I should eat. I know that we're going to have the proper utensils in front of us, but it's like, does Oprah want us to start off with dessert or do Oprah going to say a prayer or, or should I sit and wait for Oprah to eat first? Looks like with the queen, I heard in the past that when they used to have like state dinners and stuff like that, there was a rule that you couldn't eat before the queen. You have to eat like when she starts eating. And then when she stops eating is when you all stop. And that's why she learned to eat slowly because she would eat slowly to give enough, to give people enough time to eat their dinner and then end it in time for dessert or whatever it is that they had planned. So there are rules in certain house. It's, it's like saying, it's like saying I'm having a dinner party, but then somebody is starting to eat and I don't have everything finished. And I'm like, okay, guys, we're getting ready to start so we all can eat at the same time. Kind of like that thing. Everybody have their own little rules or expectations is the right word or what they expect people to, to follow because it's not their house and, you know, stuff like that. So... I say all that to say that she's curtsying. She's been told. She wasn't told at how long. So she's figuring, let me do it right and do it big the first time. I didn't see anything wrong with that. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny just like she thought it was funny that she's reliving the moment. And that's her moment. And Harry looked on. I don't know what he was thinking in the moment. But people read into all of that. Just maybe that's how I'm reading into what William's expressions and thoughts may have been when he looked at Megan um, when she was, you know, getting married. You know, you just never know, you know. Um, But I also learned another thing, which was the part with the Internet to find out that there are 20 household wives around the world or maybe a certain part of the area and their purpose in life was to spread bad social media content and hook it up with the bots and uh, the technology. I was shocked by that part of the documentary to say that people actually sit down and say, oh, I'm going to destroy this person's life. I'm going to talk bad about this person. I'm going to, that's my mission is to get up and to do that. Who does that? I was so shocked. But you know what I've learned also in these past years as people are getting awakened or woke or shook up or whatever, and the truth is coming out about the world, about families, about governments, cities, so forth, kingdoms or whatever, is that you just don't know how a person got their money. You don't know what they're doing to keep their money. And you don't know what they're doing to 
uplift certain people and not certain races and stuff like that. There's a lot of shit going on in the world, guys. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. I think my son is realizing that more and more each time. And then he's still questioning, if you know all of this is going on, what are you doing? You cannot take on all the world problems. And even if you try to solve or think that you can solve all the world problems, people are people. So I think it starts with your heart and how do you feel? And I think they said it so perfectly in the documentary. People are unhappy with their lives and themselves and they go out to purposely make people feel the way that they feel. Like I was talking to one of my cousins the other day and he was starting to talk some nonsense. (laughs) And if it wasn't for the fact that I've been mainly at home and silent, meaning that I chose to do that. And sometimes when you're silent or meditating, you hear what people are saying and what their intent is. And sometimes they put these negative thoughts and condemnations into your ear and they want you to go along with that same path. And sometimes you need to stop them in their tracks and say, no, that's not the way it is. That's not how it went. I refuse to listen to that. You know, you have to stand up for yourself and you have to explain to them the why. And that's what I'm getting my my son to understand. You can't just blurt out something and say something to people without saying the why. Even if you're upset, give them the reason why you're upset. Tell them the reason why you don't want to do this or whatever. Tell them the why. Because then people will always be guessing and coming up with stuff which is nowhere near the truth. You know what I mean? And so I'm I'm really was inspired by the love story between Harry and Meghan. I hope that their love does last for a long time. I don't want to hear about any divorce or anything like that. I think you guys went through all of this for a reason. You have a family, make it stick, make it work. And I know it will. Um, As long as you have laughter in your home and you guys can laugh about stuff, sometimes that will outweigh the bad stuff. Now, what is the royal family saying or doing about this? Who knows? I really don't care at this point. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you're down in Megan because she's a strong woman who has her own opinion and her own minds, whereas the monarchy has always been stay in line, don't say this, don't say that, don't act this way, whatever. And yet, by doing all of that perfectly as so you seem it was perfect, here is the thing, people still talk, people still badmouth you guys, like you guys... I think Harry and Meghan shed a light to say, wake up, this is what's going on behind the scenes. And I appreciate that. And when you watch the documentary, you'll find out a lot of the stuff that's happening was happening within the own family. Sometimes it's your own family, your own people that's tearing you down to make you look or someone else look better than somebody else. And here's the thing. Megan is way more accomplished than Kate in so many different ways. You understand me? But why hate? Do your own thing, Kate. Go and spread stuff on what your diet is and what you drink for your smoothies and talk about stuff and be real. 
I don't get the sense that Kate is real, real. Like, I want to see that the true personality of Kate. I don't even see her sister anymore in the limelight. You notice that, right? Like, the sister is off with her family, not in the limelight. You know what I mean? The brother, you don't hear about the brother or the parents anymore. They're, like, off to one side of the corner. And um, with Megan, I think her just being vulnerable to show what she went through with her father, her niece, her sister, and everything. Hey, those are relatable stuff that's happening in this world with siblings and with family members. Even Tyler Perry said in the documentary when he started making money, how certain family members acted a certain way. People are always going to be like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm now at a stage in my life, like if a family member becomes rich or something, and I know how they got the money. If did they work hard or you, you never, I never vouch for anyone. So I never know, not even for yourself, you know, whatever. The bottom line is that I'm not going to stay here and say, oh, because I do have people in my family who work hard for their money and stuff. But the point is that I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I'm jealous and I wish I had that. That's their life. They have to pay for it. I'm running my own show over here. I'm running my own life over here. I'm doing my own things as honestly and possibly as I possibly can. And I'm doing things. I would love to have more things and love to do stuff and renovate and stuff and whatever. But at the end of the day, I think I want to just change my lifestyle and just live a peaceful, contentful life. Um, as long as your home is comfy and you have your loved ones near you, you're perfectly fine. And you're the richest person in the world. As they would say in Little House on the Prairie, when there was an episode where, um, 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 what's his name? I can see him. Nels, <laughs> Nels Olsen said to Charles, Ingos, oh, you know, I think the episode was titled The Richest Man in Walnut Grove or something like that. Because in that episode, he had his family helping him, you know, you know, do the crops in the fields when Charles was injured, you know. And there was another episode where the family chipped in and helped, even the kids, you know, and everybody. And Nels was like, here we are, the richest person. And then his kids came and do anything, you know what I mean? So money is not everything, but I do want to say I do love Tyler Perry's house out there, but I even love Megan and Harry's new house. I love a house that's secluded like that, but yet has lots and lots of green grass to just run up and down in. <sighs> it's so peaceful. Your home is what you make it, guys. So I just want to give my feedback on the Harry and Meghan documentary. I hope that they do more as the kids get older, you know what I mean? Or do stuff where we can see them. I I think they're just living their life and just telling people that, hey, you went outside the norm and you still found happiness. It may, it may have been a little storm at one point, but the two of you are working it out. And I know it's a big adjustment for Harry, you know, leaving everything that he knows, um, you know, to find peace. And I hope that he and the family does reconcile. It will never be the same again, but at least get to some kind of peaceful talking terms, if that makes sense. Well, guys, that's it for this episode. I'll probably come back on 
or in the future and do more reviews of certain shows that I love as well. Tell me what shows or if you think that would be a good idea as well. Also know that you can leave a comment on the on Spotify or on or on anchor.fm or if you want me to talk about something or if you have a question you can type it in as well. Don't forget that you're listening to Go Tell Lisa Podcast with Lisa Waldron, where you can find a new episode each week by typing in Go, G-O, the number 10, 10, L-I-S-A. Go Tell Lisa is all one word. And Go Tell Lisa Podcast will be found on any podcast app. Until next time, peace, love. Bye.